Hello, and welcome to episode 11 of Expertise is Overrated, the podcast that takes the time to answer the questions you didn't know you didn't want the answers to. I'm Sean. <laughs> and I'm Vib, and neither of us has any clue what we're talking about. Before we get into the episode, let's award the much-vaunted Expertise is Overrated tinfoil award. As a reminder, this is an award that we will be giving out at the start of every episode to the person who had the most ridiculous point in last week's episode. Now, I think in an expertise is overrated first, Tinfall this week goes to absolutely nobody, because we, you know, we analysed the video game industry in our last episode, and we did it, I think it's fair to say, very expertly, and I don't think either one of us said anything, you know, too stupid. No, I don't think so. I think we were calm, collected, considered, and most importantly, correct. 100% correct, yeah. But I mean, you know, we usually are. We just just throw in the tinfoil to seem human. No, absolutely. <laughs> I think uh, it's going to come back to haunt us that one. I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not like either of us has ever argued in favour of eugenics or anything like that. Human, that's what we are. Yeah. What like calling Grindelwald a good person and calling the other person morally bankrupt? Mm-hmm. Yeah, things like that never happen on this show. No, not at all. But so, no, I think... speaking of things that happen on this show, <laughs> do we have any feedback? <laughs> do we ever? Uh, so friend of the show and frequent feed feeder back or feedbacker giver of feedback ellie <laughs> absolutely unloaded on our harry potter episode it was oh dear yeah i mean i feel like we're gonna have to unloaded because she thought that it was great and we were right about everything no she was angry with you <laughs> oh no she was angry with you for the points that you made not only, though, was she angry with you, she was angry with me for not um, essentially taking you to task properly. I'm going to just... We don't have time to go through all of the feedback that we received from Ellie because that's an episode in itself, and I think it's, in fact, we're going to have to have Ellie on, I think. Uh, I think to, so. To, to deal she with She can have a, a proper... Discussion about all this because before yeah. even hearing your feedback, I'm, I'm assuming she's wrong. So, yeah, I mean, I've, we what have I got? Uh, this is so frustrating. Vib is wrong, and you are stupid. Uh, wow. You shouldn't be willing to park the one on one because if two people have guns, but one person has to yell "bang" first, who's going to win? Spellcasting is the same principle. No, even I think that's wrong. But that's I mean that's, that's sort of that's one hundred percent dreadfully wrong. <laughs> that's sort of the flavour uh, that we got from. from also, is she so. implying that you don't need to squeeze triggers? I, I I don't know. I think she was too angry to be entirely coherent. <laughs> I think she should come on the show. We'll have a we'll, yeah. have, a, <laughs> we'll have a talk. <laughs> um. Uh. Uh, on that note as well, I got some feedback from a friend of mine about the Harry Potter episode. I guess that's that's one that people objected to a lot. Uh, and she disagreed with us um, for slamming muggle and wizard marriages, uh, making the point that McGonagall married a muggle man, and uh, she is a very good person. And frankly, that's, I find that kind of hard to argue with, because that's very true. Is Is that in the only canon of Harry Potter, which is the seven published books, that's a very good question. Because if it's this, on Pottermore, this could, this could, yeah, this could be or a, uh, worse in the cursed child. I'm not fucking having it. <laughs> That's fair. 
that's entirely fair. Um, I, I do think that when we got to the sort of calling wizards quite sinister for marrying muggles, um, perhaps we'd we'd become a bit um, disheartened at the whole uh, at the uh, the whole discussion we were having. So maybe that's an element. I think the problem there might be that I was bringing my own pre-existing issues with the wizarding world to the table. Yes, and there were many. I have real problems uh, with them. So, I mean, yeah. and part of as a as a sort of self analysis of that episode, there was a lot of well, they hide because gun beats stick, and then we circled around eventually to me saying, "Well, they hide because gun beats stick." And for some reason, we didn't pick up on the fact that we, that we'd sort of circled around back to this. So, it was it's a great episode. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I think we. <laughs> it's quite quintessentially expertise is overrated, as Absolutely. is the one that inspired this this coming episode. Just little, a couple of other things on on my end. So we mentioned last week that we'd finally convinced uh, my wife to listen to some of our episodes, and we had a, a, a great pronouncement this evening before sitting down to record and I'm quoting no, no. I'm trying to work out if I'd like Vib if I met him and sad to say right now the jury is still out oh no <laughs> <laughs> well that's um, pretty damning <laughs> I think we can we can we can call the jury in I think we can answer that one for you uh, if she doesn't yet know that she needs to dislike me when she meets me then <laughs> I guess I'm doing something right or wrong uh, you decide <laughs> no absolutely uh that's a terrifying thought, actually, if, if you and she ever were to meet. Let's just make sure that never happens. <laughs> uh, and just very very quickly, and lastly, we've had some suggestions for topics that listeners would like us to cover. And uh, sure, I mean, we'd, we'd love to hear what you'd like to hear us talk about. We can't guarantee to do everything, um, but we're more than willing to, to give, give things a shot. I think the Absolutely. Top top of the list at the moment is Discworld, which I'm sure there's plenty to unpack there. But I don't think you you don't you've not read any Discworld, have you? No, none at all. Okay, so it will be get you to read Discworld and then talk about it. It's on my list of, of many many things to read and play and watch. Uh, yeah. And the thing about that list is it only ever gets longer. <laughs> the more the more you read and watch and, and and play, the list still just gets longer and longer. Well, part of your problem is obviously you can't read, as evidenced by all the crap that you come out with on this show. So indeed, indeed. I mean, imagine how. I mean, they're one sided now with me just owning you in every episode. Imagine if I could read. <laughs> It'd be slaughter every uh, every Monday. Jesus, it's like you live in a different world. I really do. So what are we talking about today? This is this is your topic, as far as I'm concerned, because I don't know where we're going. Oh, you sh- you sh- you're shunting this one on me, are you? Because it's I mean, too absolutely complicated. 100% <laughs> this is too complicated for my small lizard brain. I mean, today I think we should talk about, amongst other things, immortality. Now, we've talked immortality before. Uh, in, with regards to the Dresden Files on that particular occasion, uh, and frankly confused the hell out of us. <laughs> um, so it's it's I guess not unsurprising that we're that we're back here. <laughs> well, not so surprising that we're back here. We're talking <laughs> we're talking a simpler immortality this time. Obviously, Dresden Files were too big and too difficult and too confusing for us. So what what we've done here is we've calmed ourselves down. We're going going easier. We are going easier because we're not necessarily going to think about immortality and what it means to be immortal. Oh, good. But we're going to essentially talk about how 
fucked up it is when you start looking at family trees of a universe that, involved, that includes both immortals and mortals. Oh, no. And of course, there's only one universe where that's particularly apt, and that would be the universe that old J.R.R. Tolkien created for us. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Here we are. Lord of the Rings, the Silmarillion, the Hobbit, you name it. Many, many, many characters in those books. Only very few of which are ever mentioned, really. Um, but amazingly, someone's gone through and worked out virtually the family tree of, of, of everyone in the Tolkienarium. It's amazing, actually. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, you should go and check them out at uh, notrproject.com. Uh, it's really quite fascinating, just looking at family tree. It's, it's ludicrous. Uh, yeah, fair warning, it. I think there will be confusion um, during this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it. I've got it open now. And firstly, this is a phenomenal tool uh, for anyone who's trying to get their head around the Silmarillion. I, I genuinely, yeah. I, I, I can't praise this enough. This, the, this is a labor, oh, quite clearly a labor of mad, feverish love. Uh, but no, that's that's really quite something. It really is. I mean, it's, it's got just just sort of scrolling through it now. You know, there's obviously the big family trees that you might talk about. You know, your Finways, your Fingolfins, etc. But then there's also you know Beowulf's just there somewhere. Even though all that's all that we know about him is that he had a son called Grim Beowulf. Didn't even know who his wife was. If there even was a wife, uh, the even orc family trees. Wait, I don't think I want orc family trees. They're not really much. In terms of trees, they're just sort of <laughs> lists of orc names. And <laughs> um, we've even got Bert, Tom, and Bill. Amazing. The, the ponies. Trolls. Oh, no, the trolls. The three trolls from The Hobbit, yeah. Oh, no, I found, oh, Bill I the Pony, what an excellent reference that is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I found, I found the orcs. Just They're just named orcs. But no, you do have Azog and Bolg and a really unpleasant line... Connecting Azog and Bolg, implying parentage. I just really don't want to think about that at all. So <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm just going to move on. The other thing that this really hammers home to me before we dive into it and is I've read The Hobbit several times. And I've read The Lord of the Rings more times. And yeah. I have... I've read the Lord. Uh, I've even read the Silmarillion. I think two and a half times, and uh, there are just no. I don't. There are so many people named on this that I just have never heard of. It's quite remarkable, isn't it? Because I mean, I'm in the same boat. I've read the the Lord of the Rings arguably too many times. Yeah, and I've also read the Sil Silmarillion arguably too many times. Um, I've even read some of the unfinished tales and some of the what effectively are just appendices yeah and i i'm exactly with you there's there's names that i have never before seen which is just quite something really i mean the first one the sort of top left of this page is, is an elf called rumil which kind of rings a faint bell maybe but it could just be me i don't know pretending it's just he's just known as an elf sage of Valinor. I mean, what on earth? Where do you find this? Okay, this is uh, anyway. So we're getting 
<laughs> We're nerding out way too hard here. Um, yeah, it, it bodes well for the rest of this episode. <laughs> but no, so so where did where did you want to go with this? Other than spend a lot of time gazing at family trees, because we can do that in our spare time. Well, I mean, it, some will argue that I have tricked you into this, because um, the main family tree I think we should be discussing is that of a, a certain man named Aragorn. But I've done that whom, already. Whom you so unkindly, unjustly, and wrongly uh, accused of not having a claim to the throne of Gondor in episode I two. He had no, well, no, I did say he had no claim. <laughs> that word for word, he has no claim. <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually the, the the whole premise of that episode. Uh, I wasn't so wrong, because I, but... you, you you were wrong, um, and because I'm still very angry about that whole episode. <laughs> Uh, I, I've, I've made you do this. We're now going to look at Aragorn's family tree, okay, oh, and work out because you know, work out just how wrong you are. Sorry, just um, before you do that, have you seen the map, the interactive map of Middle Earth? I have. It's amazing, isn't it? That's so impressive. You really have but, just gone full nerded out, haven't you? I'm wondering if I can get a printout of this. Get the uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. You were saying we want to talk about Aragorn's family tree. Okay, but I, I, I covered this, right? Aragorn is descended from Elros. And that's why he's so impressive. That's that, not it. Where do we want to go with this? Uh, it's a great question. Where do we want to go with this? I, I think the first things first is that uh, based on all this, that family tree is by far and away the longest, I think, in this whole yeah. Saga, but that 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 was always the point, wasn't it? Because Aragorn needs to have the most fleshed out family tree because his heritage is so important to the overall story. Absolutely, absolutely. That's why it's also interesting that his family tree is one of very few here that has a bunch of question marks in it. Yeah, no, I noticed that. That's really interesting. Um, so, so you're right because I think I think that's exactly it. They wanted it to, to sort of be fleshed out, uh, and towards the top of his line, um, they're, they're really. I think they were quite clear that there was a bunch of people between Elendil and another named forefather, uh, Valandil. Yes, yeah, so that's Valandil, child of <laughs> Silmarion and Elatan. And Silmarion is yeah. the daughter of the king of Numenor, Tar Elendil. Exactly. Exactly. Which you rightly pointed out was a part of the problem to Aragorn's claim, because you're sexist like that. Um, I'm not sexist. The Numenorians <laughs> were. I can't believe you've just no, that's done fair. that. That's fair. <laughs> no, but Aragorn. So he comes at a very at the end of a very long line, and so his father Arathorn, I think, is a name that that people will have heard. Um, yes, he, you know, it was Trisom's of Aragorn, son of Arathorn. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I'm a big badass. Uh, and then you have to go up and up and up and up and up and up and up to get to another name that we probably are familiar with, which is Isildur. You know, he is Isildur's heir. Yes. The problem is Aragorn is 39 generations down from him. Um, I'm getting angry now because I said all this. But no, he is. He is. He He's a long way from Isildur. Uh, well, and I think we didn't mention that point is that Isildur himself is already twenty four generations away from Elros. No, I did. I didn't. I didn't make that point. Uh, but so, no, because so, your point was was absolutely fair. Is that um, 
yeah, he's so far removed from Isildur, although looking at the line, it is virtually all male descendants, which is quite something. Um, uh, and yes. of course, you did also touch on Isildur's brother, Anarion, you know, the king of Arnor, uh, king of Gondor. Other way around, that's part of the problem. Yeah, see, I always mix those up, annoyingly. It would make sense for Anarion to be king of Arnor, but he's not. It would, yeah, but he's king of Gondor. Um, he and he also has many, many, many descendants. Uh, one of whom marries back into Isildur's line, which is great. <laughs> uh, yes. Quite a common theme amongst um, Tolkien's <laughs> I feel families. Like we're going to, I feel like we're going to come onto this in a great, in far more depth when we get closer to the top of this tree. Yeah, and it's, uh, and it's, it's quite something, isn't it? Um, and the interesting thing as well, because uh, obviously you you were making a case for maybe the, the stewards um, should rule mm-hmm. because they have been why not Gondor needs no king uh, and of course we can look at Denethor and Faramir and Boromir's family tree and they can trace it back to some pretty distinct lineage as well you know seeing the likes of Hurin and different Barahir, Hurin, though, isn't it but there are different Barahirs and Hurins and it's really very confusing at that point <laughs> so, I guess my theory there would be. Hurin, well, there's, there's, there's two. There's the in-universe and there's the out-of-universe explanation, I think. Right? right. So the, the in-universe explanation is that Hurin and Barahir and Turin, oh, there's a Turin in here as well, um, yep. are just... Ecthelion is in here. They're just famous people. Right, I think I think they were just given names of famous. Yes, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, what yeah. what I mean is the original Hurin, right? Of chil- the children of Hurin fame, yeah, or the original Turin. I can never get his postnomial right. Turambar. Turambar, I think. Yeah, Turin Turambar is a famous person. Ecthelion of the Fountain, Lord of Gondolin, is a famous person. And so the stewards, when Barahir as well is, is, is famous. And so the stewards, when name the line of stewards, when naming their children, were just using famous names. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? It's a bit like calling your kid Arthur or Charlemagne. That well known name. 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 <laughs> <laughs> You either, you either name your kid Arthur after Arthur Weasley or you go straight for Charlemagne. Amazing. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, it's true as well of the daughters, which is uh, in many ways unusual in the Tolkien verse, but uh, in that line, there's always a, also a Morwen, who of course was Hurin's wife. Um, so, so there's definitely reusage of a lot of these names, which, while I understand the reasoning for it, does make things incredibly complicated after a while. Especially no, the argument of like, oh, steward versus king, and then you look in the phone trees and like, they, they sound like they should be related, but they're, they're not. Really. <laughs> so when we say steward, we mean the line of Turin. No, that's not right. <laughs> Except it is. <laughs> maybe, that's, maybe that's the whole point that they were trying to make. Um, no, but so coming back to Aragorn. Um, yes. So yes, yeah, obviously very far removed, but it's, it's a very long, straight line. Uh, and the reason I say it like that is because if we look at Aragorn's wife, Aragorn, yeah, I was going to say, isn't that favorite, a problem? It's a, it's a massive problem because literally to get from Arwen 
to her father Elrond and mother Celebrian. It's just a big, long line, because Elrond is Elros's brother, who you've just said is, what, 50-something? 63 generations away from Aragorn, (laughs) whereas Aragorn's wife is one generation away from that exact tier. It's really really quite funny, actually. It's it's daft, is what it is. But... Um, I guess that's, it's that's just really confusing. In a way, it's sort of not a problem, right? Because you've got so so much. I'm going to be generous to the Numenorians here, which is not something I often do, and assume that they've introduced sort of enough genetic diversity just by that really long line of people that you have to go down. That's line of sixty-three people. That is true. Except that is well, true. Except <laughs> if the marriage of Arvedwi and Firiel is anything to go by, they're yeah, not really but they that were cousins... much genetic diversity. They're pretty. I mean, they're, they're they're actually quite far apart as well. Yeah, they're 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 cousins in many in many, the many ways removed. Yeah, like quite uh, quite something. But um, this does. But no, it is. It is. It is just funny. The Xelrond is Aragorn's. I think I tried to work it out. Is, is great times sixty three, <laughs> uncle. <laughs> yes. Which is is not a title that you very often come across in real life. Which I think makes Arwen his cousin sixty three times removed. Quite. Possibly, yeah. I, I used to know that I used to know this, the difference between a fir- a second cousin and a cousin once removed. Yeah, because she could also just be his what, and one, third cousin. One, one is sideways and one is up, up. and I can't remember yeah. what it is. I think removed must be going up. Yeah, because I think your second cousin is your oh, is your cousin's a second, if it's a second cousin, you share a great grandparent. As opposed oh, to this, this, this always confuses me as well. Anyway, they're probably not too related, but it's a bit icky because, and this comes back to your point of the weirdness of introducing immortality. It's not really a problem, except Elrond remembers Elros. Yes. That's where it's weird and icky. I think it's not so much that they're related because they're not re- they're not probably not any more related than like most people in the Middle Ages getting married. I mean, sixty three generations, or I guess sixty five, working it backwards that way. Um, it's actually quite a lot. But, you know. Isn't isn't the, the the rule of thumb is that you have to just go up eight generations and you'll find that you're just related to everyone? Uh, seven de- like you'll find uh, your relative somewhere. Seven degrees of separation, right? I'm trying to remember this now because I've done that twenty three and me, as has my wife. So I can actually tell you how much closure they give you as to how related you are. I really hope that you're not siblings or something. No, Hates. we're not siblings, obviously. That'd be such a poor twist, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, it wouldn't be wouldn't be ideal. But no, they give you. I think they say you're not likely to have anything. I think eight generations sounds about right. 
Yeah, um, at which point I think in terms of genetics, it's it's so uh, you know it's so far removed anyway that it's it's um it's irrelevant. So so in many ways for Aragorn's or for Aragorn's son's claim, it's great, right? Because he's reintroduced some fresh, properly Elros adjacent genes into the mix, which is uh, really something. Which I think, is, to be fair to you, is a point that you made um, at the end of your hot take as well. That Eldarion is just an Eldarion is king. the best case for Aragorn's kingship. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's essentially we're we're reintroducing fresh blood into the line, but also it's not that fresh because really, what we all really, really like is how is our direct lineal descent from Arendil, who might have been one of the greatest beings to ever exist. Erendil, yeah, and and his wife was uh, and, uh, something as well, yeah. Elwing. Great name, too, I think. <laughs> Elwing. Yeah, given that Erendil ended up in a flying boat. I know. El- Elwing is wife. It's, it's, a bit, it's a bit on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> um, but of course, famously... Yeah, what's, I mean, what's special about Erendil is that he was obviously the half-elven, half and as is Elwing... As is Elwing, yeah. Sort of. This, this is where it gets really weird, genetically all speaking, to right? Baron, ish, aren't they? Uh, where Arendil is, yeah, not Baron directly, but Baron's forefathers. So wait, so Arendil. So okay. Arendil's uh, parents were Idril and Tuor. Tuor, Tuor is the man. Yeah. Because Tuor is Huor's son, and they feature Huor, quite heavily in Huor. Huor. <laughs> They feature quite heavily in the in the Silmarillion. Um, uh, yes, and I mean Huor's line goes up, you know, through Hador and Harith. all those people. Uh, but it's it's Huor's wife Rian, whose father's Belican. father is. Baron's father, Barahir's brother. Baron's father. If you've managed Barahir's to keep up with that, I applaud you because I think I lost track and I was saying it. Yes. Yeah, so, so, but so Baron Baron's father is related to someone in Erendil's line. So Barahir, you know, of, of the Ring of Barahir. His, his brother. Barahir's brother. Who wore his line? So. Very, very asking, loosely, yeah. Tuor and Baron are cousins. Tuor and Baron are, yeah, somewhat cousins. With, yeah. Some, with a couple of numbers removed. Exactly. And then obviously, Baron and Luthien's daughter. Dior is a, a, a woman, right? Dior is a woman. Because the name gets used for both. And Nimloth, the other person in that marriage, is equally a name that could apply to both. <laughs> I'm, pretty sure was, I'm pretty sure Dio was her daughter. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was their daughter. Uh, and there's, she marries Nimloth, and their daughter Elwing marries Erendil. So, yeah. So Baron's lines cross again there with, with you know him being Tour's cousin a few times removed, marrying back into that family. Because so, that's not at all weird. No, no, not at all. Where I think it gets really strange is the genetics of it all, as you mentioned, because you said Elrond was there when Elros was alive. So it's a little weird, but I, I'm not necessarily convinced it is, because you know the half-elven seem to make a, a choice, right, that makes them immortal elves, or mortal if very long-lived men. That was a choice. Okay, so 
Yes, that was a choice that was offered to all the half-elven people at the end of the first age, I think. But probably essentially the only people for whom that choice really matters are Elrod and Elron. And I'm not And also Arwen, she gets to choose looking. too, which is weird because she was born in the third age. <laughs> is is that And as sure, Elrod and Eladan, which which is, is a that film to, only but, creation or is that in the books? Yeah, that's a good question, actually. The thing I know about Eladan and Elra here is I think it is mentioned that they have not made their choice. And I I want to say that's in a book, one of the books. I couldn't possibly tell you. It may well be. An appendix, I think, somewhere in Return of the King. Uh, But there's a fair point. I don't know if if Arwen's choice is a film-only creation. Because when she says, I choose a mortal life... But, I mean, she is, that at the is time in... of meeting Aragorn, she is, what, 2,000 and something years old. <laughs> Which is a bit By the time weird. of Aragorn's birth, rather, yeah. She's 2,500 years old when Aragorn, or 2,700 years old when Aragorn is born. <laughs> so, I mean... So she's definitely not mortal at that point, and she definitely dies when Aragorn dies. So Not to put too fine a point on it, that's like me marrying Your cousin Cleopatra? 62 times a month. Something like that, yeah. I'm a, I'm a few years out, but <laughs> it's within the margin of error. That's weird. But I mean, you would if you could, right? I mean, not so much you, because you're married, and I think that wouldn't end well for you, but me. <laughs> I don't know. I reckon I could get a pass for Cleopatra. <laughs> I, I guess, uh, I guess Caesar would be an offer there as well. I to this, and I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, if Caesar's going or, or Mark Antony, um, you know. Yeah, no, fair, fair. Well. Tell you what, we'll do a deal. <laughs> um, no, so but, so I think that there is... Um, you're, it, it, it always kind of struck me as though you get to choose what particular set of genetics you, you favour. So, so then talking about being related in a genetic sense gets really murky as far as I'm concerned. Like how related were Elrond and Elros after they both chose chose to you know be who they wanted to be? Not to mention still, as well, they're obviously, still brothers they, though. Right? They are, you can, you they can draw still, a distinction yeah. with Arwen maybe because she embodies. I think it's meant to be. It's, it's quite heavily implied she takes after her mother, who is yeah, yeah Galadriel's like daughter, Galadriel, which we're going yeah, to exactly. need to come on to. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we will because that's incredibly important. <laughs> yeah, um, but in fact, you're right. They're still brothers. They're still brothers, and they have <sighs> they've got elven blood in them, and, and not just any elven blood. I mean, no, not know, just any elf. Well, but... <sighs> Idril is Turgon's uh, daughter. Uh, Turgon is obviously Fingolfin's son, which is obviously. And of course, Beren and Luthien, the most famous couple of all time, arguably in the Tolkienarium, their mother was uh, their mother, <laughs> Luthien's <laughs> mother. <laughs> Luthien's mother was Melian, who's a Maya. So there's there's angelic blood in there as well, or whatever Maya are. But yeah, yes. whatever Maya are. Yeah. Yeah. So Melian, the Maya, semi pseudo angelic 
adjacent, whatever you want to call them. I I think they're basically angels. I think that's fair. Isn't yeah, it? It, it's it's tricky, isn't it? Because you the Valor are often described as the as gods. Um, although I suppose maybe a more accurate way of looking at them is, is archangels. Yeah, I think so. And then the Maya are, are lesser angels. Yeah, because it's weird to talk about gods when there is one clearly defined god. Eru, <laughs> yeah. Eru, yeah. But um, so not only do you have Melian, you've also got Thingol or Elway. Yes. Who is Thingol, a Elway, first King of Doriath. Yeah. King of Doriath, he yep. also saw the trees. He he's listed as a Sindar, but I don't think that's actually right because wasn't he one of the one of the four? He's he's always been a really funny one for me because I can't ever remember what what his deal is. But you're I right. Th- I think he saw the light of the trees and then just went back and. So I think he I think he saw the light of the trees with Allway, Finway, and Ingway. Who we're going to need to come back to, but he then returned to and Elmo as well. I think I don't think Elmo did. He might have done, uh, but no, I don't think he did actually. No, so you're right. The ones, the ones that I remember all have the Finway e with the umlaut, yeah. right? Because yes. Thing- Thingol becomes Thingol when he stays in Doriath. Yeah. Becomes uh, Grey Mantle. That's Thingol. But before then, he is Elway, brother to Allway and Elmo, and kin to Ingway and Finway. Yeah, because Allway's daughter, Erwin, marries Finarfin, who is obviously Finway's son. <laughs> <laughs> and this, this, this will be a theme that I think uh, will, will become quite familiar to people. Someone's daughter, someone marries someone. Yeah. Something, something Finway eventually, <laughs> but, but but that means as well, right? That because the fact that you saw the light of the trees before the sun and moon is a big deal. It's huge, yeah. Right, that's why Galadriel is such a big deal in the Third Age because she's the last elf left on, other than no, she is the last elf left in Middle-earth, who saw the light of the trees. Isn't she? Because the light of the trees is, in, is meant to be in her eyes. Yes. Well, there is a case to be made for, for a certain Maglor, who I imagine saw the light of the trees. I don't actually know if he did. He must have did done. the sons of Fenor see the trees? I think they did. I think they did, right? Because that, that's how you know all the shit started with Fenor doing Fenor things. Um, and of course, Maglor is supposedly, well, we, we never see him die and like all his brothers and he just sort of wanders the shores of Middle-earth. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a claim. Yeah, but there's no, there's no recorded death for him. Okay. Which, yeah. But we don't, we don't know. That's interesting. We, it, that is, because all of the other sons of Feanor have pretty, their deaths are important. Yeah, and technically, but, there is still the oath. Um, but does Maglor repent the oath? He sort of does, yeah. He sort of does. Um, because so many heinous things have happened to, <laughs> to his family, and then because he's involved in virtually all the kinslayings. He's like, oh, uh, maybe we shouldn't have included. done all of those things that were yeah. awful. But yeah, no, you're right. So Gladriel is, is, is so 
powerful because that, she that, is. Yeah, that's why she is the one who throws down the fortress of the necromancer, for example. Yeah. At but the, she never becomes High King or, or High Queen, I suppose, of the Noldor, which no, is but, kind of insulting. Yeah, I mean, the, it goes through the line of, of Angrod, but the High Kingship is, is such a mess. But the High Kingship, I've always seen described as the Noldor, the male Nordor, Noldor, who can claim closest descent to Finway. Yeah... It's just archaic, isn't it? The fact that it has to be the because Galadriel is so much closer than any of them now. But that that is also the thing because the the assertion I think was meant to be that it should go to Elrond after Gilgalad dies. I think he's one of the people who would have the best claim, yeah. But, but I think so. He, I, I, I was looking the, into the this after just our, sort of died, yeah. Well, I was, just, I was looking into this after our last episode, and you're right, it died, but it's. It, it's meant to be. Everyone who was High King of the Noldor suffered a really like shitty end. Yeah, basically. But it's I think po- there, there is a suggestion that the High Kingship of the Noldor just just went back to I don't know one of the, one of the proper firstborn because all the Noldor who survived went back to the West. I yeah, think. and there's or is died. It, <laughs> who is it? Finarfin who never left. He's the one who never left. Yeah, so there, it's probably yeah. him. In, in in Valinor, he's or in um Aman, it's probably Finarfin who is High King. Yeah, I mean it could also be Finway, because he Finway's... I think by the end of the by by the fourth age and stuff, isn't he isn't he back, supposedly? So this is where immortality gets really, really, really confusing. Yeah. Because they they get to die and still live they're, on. <laughs> they're, they're like actually immortal. So you could you could go to Valinor if you're an elf and chat to Finway. Yep. Who and is, Feanor. Uh, or Feanor. If, if Mandos <laughs> decides that letting him out is a good idea. I'm, I'm fairly sure Feanor is never getting out. <laughs> you could you could I mean you could talk you could talk tactics with Gilgalad. You could you know, make Yeah, but why would you if you can just go and chat to Aula, you know? But it's it's just but yeah, it is just so confusing. Make things with Celebrimbor. I just yeah yeah. How fucked up is that? Yeah. H- have a word with him about the rings that he made. <laughs> yeah. Like do, hey, that's do quite the story that you caused. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any um, no? It's it's uh, and you're absolutely right. It's it's so it's so difficult to comprehend. Uh, and I think in the books, the, the most famous and obvious example of that where it got confusing, and uh, it took me a long time to figure out if this person was actually the same, which was Glorfindel, right? Oh, but Glor- Glorfindel is also a special case. I think that the best example of it in the books, come on to Glorfindel, because he's a good example, but I think he's he's a special case. He's, he's a very special case, yeah. At the Council of Elrond, when Elrond is giving the description of the Last Alliance and the battle... Uh, and the siege of Barad-dûr, and he says something along the lines of like, "I was there" or something. It's Elrond and it's talking, so it's better written than that. Um, and and Frodo just like loses his shit a little bit and is like, "But that was thousands of years ago." And Elrond yeah. just looks at him and goes, "You have no idea who I am. I was Gilgalad's herald, or I think yeah, I, I herald of Gilgalad, and marched beside him, but." 
Arendil was my sire, born in the first age. I have seen, and he just has his, this really long speech about essentially how great he is, <laughs> which is quite funny. Um, but no, I think that that was the one that really hammered it home for me. Um, I've seen many. But, but much like you said, that Galadriel has the light of the trees in her eyes, like Glorfindel. Even though I don't, I'm not sure he he does, but because but he is such a, um, he's a first age elf, right? So Glorfindel is a first age elf. Uh, he's he's a prince of Gondolin or a lord of Gondolin, but he's not like that much of a big deal until he kills a Balrog, which is yeah enormous because they're Maya. But then he is like sent. Back from Valinor to the sent sent from the west back to Middle Earth in a similar yeah, fashion it, to the Istari. Exactly, yeah. Well, and that's where a lot of his powers. It, it's specifically a Gandalf the Great, so the Gandalf the White type thing, isn't it? Um, it is, but I think Glorfindel <laughs> dies, goes to the halls of Mandos, but then for some reason it's very much suggested that Eru sort of chats to him, is like, no, 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 mate, you know, you got to go back, and then he goes back. <laughs> Yeah, but it, you're you're right. It's really strange because he um, he apparently like receives a power up when he returns, yeah, and then never does anything. Well, he 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 puts the nine to flight. Yeah, but, I mean, but no, you're no, you are also you nine. are right. Um, but it's almost like he's there just to throw it up with Elrond. Yeah, maybe it's just because Elrond needs <laughs> needs company, and yeah. it's insane, isn't it? Because I think Glorfinn is sort of described as almost kind of hard to look at because he's just that. I think no, you're impressive. right. It's a bit like um, the Emperor of Mankind in 40k. Like you just can't help but be in awe of this guy. Yeah, no, you're absolutely you're absolutely right. He is described like that, and it's it's it is it is strange, um, and it, it is a bit like Eladriel as well. Because I mean, people are very much in awe of her. And just, just to come back to Galadriel, because we've said, obviously, she's Finarfin's daughter, which is ridiculous. Um, but true to form, her husband, Celeborn, is Elmo's grandson. Yeah. And, of course, we know that El- Elmo is Finarfin's wife's uncle. <laughs> so <laughs> so it has to so be Galadriel and Celeborn are also cousins of some kind. <laughs> they are too close. <laughs> yeah, they're like second cousins or cousins once removed. Uh, if we could work out how it is twice removed, yeah, it, it has to places. be the case that gen- elvish genetics in Middle Earth are just different. It has to be. Uh, there's got to be something. I mean, because ultimately, right, 144, I think, is spawned. That's not very many. <laughs> is that is is that the number of firstborn? I believe so, yeah, which when I found that number the other day, I was I was surprised because I genuinely thought it was way fewer than that. No, I just sort of thought it was like seven. Yeah, yeah, I know. But I, but I think essentially that the, the design of the elves, because I mean, obviously the elves and the um, and the men were designed by Eru himself, right? That's the whole reason yes, the Valar they, they are come the to the world. The exactly. Uh, so, so I think that he would have probably had some foresight and thought, well, I can't make the genetics such that um, marrying people who share <laughs> a very similar genetic makeup to you will will, will eventually cause 
problems. So I, I suspect that genetics just works very differently in in this universe. Yeah, it has to, but it's it still just baffles me to look at. I think. Oh, it's 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 absolutely baffling. It, it really is. Um, when your genetic yeah, line so is almost Elrond. <laughs> it, actually, that's a good. That's not a bad way of looking at it. Yeah. Yeah, and this is where it just because with the elves alone, it's actually not too bad. I mean, yeah, they're, they're they're all a bit close to home in terms of being cousins and whatnot. But it is when we get to Baron and Luthien, when we get to Idril and Tool, when we get to Erendil and Elwing. I guess the other way to look at it, it though, becomes a mess. Right. So Galadriel is a first age elf. Celeborn, we're fairly sure, is a first age elf. Right, if he's always grandson, they're, they're, he's almost certainly a first age elf as well. Uh, although probably Sindar, thinking Celeborn, I think is Sindar. Yeah, but like they're married for thousands of years. Oh yeah, like ten potentially, depending on. Whether Caliborn was born before the trees, or um, or not before the trees, before the sun and moon, tens of thousands of years, potentially, they have one child. <laughs> yeah, who suffers a really horrible fate as well. Yeah, doesn't bear thinking about. It. But, 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 I mean, some... uh, they've got time, I suppose. Right? It's not like they couldn't ever have any more children. No, but I wonder. Um... I wonder if so. Feanor is the elf that we know out know of to have had the most children. I think. Yes. Right, because he has seven Seventh sons. Is is quite a lot, yeah. Compared with, I mean, most of them seem to be having one or two. Elrond is pretty special by having three. Well, actually, F- uh, Finway himself has five. Four. Finway. Yeah, he's got he's got Fëanor in his first marriage, and then four in the second marriage. He has four, yeah. Fëanorfin also has four. As does Fingolfin. To be yeah. fair, to be fair to them, actually, okay. But seven is still a, a huge number. So I wonder if there's something there where, like, they just don't breed very much, partly because they don't have to, because they're never going to die. So you don't have to worry about like prolonging. Yeah, their exactly. Or anything. That's that's sort of. That seems to be the implied thing about that, right? They just don't really have to have to procreate because they just live forever, and and they live in the fact they they live in the knowledge of the fact that when they die, they, they can just come yeah. back. So, so yeah, it, it puts a whole different spin on on things. Um, but this is why when it when it comes to whenever men get involved, it's ah, it's, it's when it gets messy. I've also just seen that talking of Galadriel and Celeborn. So Celeborn's parents had another child who happens to be a parent of Nimloth, the Maris Dior, uh, who obviously are yeah. Elwing's parents. So, my goodness. Erendil and Elwing have got some serious pedigree. And some seriously, like, overlapping ancestry. Oh, it gets so, so very bad, doesn't it? It gets so, so very bad. Uh, Baron's, like, Parents, that that whole tree of, of um, men is ridiculous. Um, this was something I meant to look up, though. So, if you go to this is my 
monomyth. There, no, no one's ever told an, uh, an original story theory. But if you look at Genesis, for example, sure, all of humankind is essentially descended from two people. Yes. Um, although how that quite works, I'm not entirely sure because Adam and Eve didn't have a daughter. So who does Cain? You sure you want to follow that logic through? Nope, I'm good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, but then, obviously, the later in Genesis, the world is flooded, and only um, Noah and his family survive. Which I think is yes, yeah. Three Noah and th- his three sons and their wives. I think so. That's not a lot of people to repopulate the earth. Nope with either but even i mean if we if we take a step out of fiction and you know talk about real life science uh (laughs) you know there's the the concept of african eve right this this sort of common ancestor yes europeans can trace their lineage back to this this woman from africa from however long ago a very long time ago and i think she had seven daughters that we can sort of trace trace things back to so I mean, it's, it, it, it kind of is, there is a reality to it, right? I mean, there's 8 billion people now. Yeah. There definitely weren't 8 billion when we started. So so the point is those 8 billion people have seven, are all descended from one of seven people. Yeah, I, I don't know. Because I think that would that very specifically or all apply to Europeans. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know how that translates to other peoples in Africa and other people in like Asia, but I mean, there's all there's all sorts of things. If you if your timeline starts to get big enough, everything goes weird. Can't you can't we trace something like eighty percent of sort of everyone who lives east of the Urals has Genghis Khan somewhere in their ancestry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone who lives in Western Europe can probably trace their lineage some way to get to Charlemagne because you go back far yeah, but enough. Yeah, that's just because they were top shaggers. <laughs> I, don't think, I think that's probably true of Genghis Khan. I'm not sure it's quite the point I was making. Though. <laughs> no, no, I know what you mean, though. I know what you mean. Um, <laughs> uh, no, no, let's just go back to what we were talking about. <laughs> back to Aragorn, top shagger. Back to Aragorn. Um, and I think the point that I, that I wanted to mention is you really don't get very far away from either Fingolfin, Finarfin, and by extension Finway, and mm. by extension Ingwe, you know, the high king of, of all the elves, essentially. Yeah. Which is kind of nuts. I mean, if we, if we work it out, Arwen, right, the, the woman who marries Aragorn, all those years later in the, the third stroke, fourth age. Uh-huh. You know, her... It's her father's father's mother's Father's father is Fingolfin, so that's crazy. And and Ingwe is Fingolfin's uncle. Yes, uh, or it's assumed because uh, isn't Indis is assumed to be his sister? It's to be Ingwe's sister, yeah. Oh, Fingolfin's or, yeah, uncle, yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah, yeah. yeah what right. I, sorry, what I have here is that she was the child of a sister of Ingwe. I've definitely read that she read that she was in ways. I've definitely read that she was a sister. Yeah, I don't know, but, but the point being that Eldarion, 
the the king of Gondor <laughs> and Arnor in the Fourth Age. Yeah, is, is more or less just like a, a grandchild of, of Finway. It's mental. And and putting all these greats in there doesn't really make sense when. Okay, he's in Valinor, but Finway's walking around. Like, don't you imagine? Yeah, just being a bit silly now, but like, he's going to want to go to Eldarion's birthday party and stuff. Well, yeah. When we say Finway's alive, it's it's kind of tricky, isn't it? Because technically, he died. He actually only lived to to be about four hundred and something. I think that these these are all. I don't trust any of these dates because they don't account for the time before the trees, I don't think. And we know that the firstborn <sighs> were born before the trees. So I, that's why I said like they could be tens of thousands of years old, because if you're the very, very start of the Silmarillion, time is so abstract. It really is, yeah. The, 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 the spring of Middle-earth is such an undefined period of time through which Finway and Ingway and Allway and Thingol and Elmo lived. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Before they were found as well. Before they were found, exactly. We don't know anything about yeah. that. Sorry, I've just seen that there's an ent called Celeborn, and that's really funny. Yeah, that is quite funny. Isn't it? <laughs> Uh, yeah, in Finway, I'm, I'm pretty sure I have read that he he was um, he left the halls of Mandos. I think that's that sounds right. Uh, and Finarfin, as you said, is obviously still very much just alive and well in the West. <laughs> so he's yeah, he's ancient. So th- that's that's the really mental thing about these family trees is that Aragorn. It's such a familiar concept for us, right? He's got many, many, many ancestors who who are all you know heirs of one description or another and that makes a lot of sense and then you get closer to Elros and the family tree kind of explodes and it's all mental and then that guy marries Arwen <laughs> who just in a few hops is, is all the way back to the you know I, I, think, it, I, think, that's, top dogs. I, I think that's what I was really struggling with when we spoke about this last time like I can get the lost king trope right Aragorn is the last heir of a broken line who can trace his lineage all the way back to Elendil this tall, the tall, this mythical figure who forged two kingdoms and then died vanquishing the Dark Lord. That's fine. I have no problem with that. Well, I have quite a lot of a problem with that, as I discussed. But like as a trope, that's okay. Where it got, I get really confused by it is you then just introduce Arwen, who's like, I was there. I remember, yeah, no bother. <laughs> exactly, yeah. My dad remembers the first stage. Remember that mythical time that we talk about? It's it's like in the Wheel of Time, right? When the Forsaken are talking about the Age of Legends and they're like, oh, we were there. It was like this. It was like that. It's like that, essentially. It's the, the first stage is this... The power level is off the charts. There's <laughs> werewolves. There's dragons the size of mountains. There's boats that fly through the air. Like, it's just insane. And Elrond's I mean, like, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, then the, this is, it's it's great, right? Because if that, That's my that, dad the, up there in the stars. What? <laughs> and it's the, the, the scene in the extended edition of um, The Two Towers, right? Where Aragorn talks to Eowyn and just casually mentions that he, you know, served with uh, Thengel, I think it is, right? 
Theoden's yeah, you wrote the war with Thengel, my grandfather. Yeah, yeah and Aowen's and like, what? What do you mean? That, that was ages ago. And Aragorn's like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm 80-something. <laughs> and Aowen's just absolutely amazed. It's like, oh my god, how? And then to scale that up to, to the conversations Aragorn must have with his wife and Elrond, <laughs> yeah. who are just sort of there. But then on top of that, Elrond's bedroom, bedtime stories must be great. But imagine if Elrond chatted to his mother-in-law Galadriel, and she's like, oh yeah, I remember a time before the moon and the sun. I remember a time before men existed. And then Elrond's like, oh yeah. It's, it's almost... <laughs> yeah, I, I remember the time before time. Exactly. Oh, does. and by the way, I've chatted with... You know you know that um, Elber, Elbereth, you know, the, the, the Valar that you all essentially pray to? <laughs> I, I've, cha- I've chatted to her. Yeah, I know Manway. <laughs> yeah, what of it, Manway? He's a, he's turns out he's a bit of a dick. Like, he's just not very interesting. It's mental. A bit rude, that. Um, yeah, sorry. It, 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 it that back. That's a bit rude. Uh, um, fa- family dinners must be just a car crash. <laughs> I know. I just uh, bamboozling. Absolutely bamboozling. It is. So I think the other things I just would briefly want to to mention. I mean, uh, we've we've talked about Aragorn, and you talked about his claim and, and how weird it was, and you did mention that he was. I mean, Elendil was already so far removed from Arpharazon, you know, the last king of Numenor. It, it, that's yeah. The Numenorians did did mess up a fair bit. Well, um, I guess the, the point. But I did the... want I did want to touch on Rohan because I think they're they're an interesting line. Uh, they descend from Anarion as well. Quite, quite um, amazingly, I think. Yeah, they split off, don't they? Yeah, they're 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 not too far away from Anarion himself. Not, I say not too far away. <laughs> on, Low gonna, double digits. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna find where the so there's Irnur, who's the last king of Gondor. Right, so he's on about the same level as Aragorn the first, but across. Yeah, and so the Rohirrim split off one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve generations. Bef- after the, before yeah, that. twelve, yeah, something like that, yeah, yeah. But they they then just sort of just go and do their own thing, and they're pre- pretty happy. There's hell yeah, they they sort of stay really separate, don't they? Which is almost amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, they'd mar- they marry into the stewards' lines, but that's a separate thing. But yeah, they they keep they keep relatively clean. Good on them. <laughs> Clean-ish. But no, you're right. You're right. They do. Um, and no, they just sort of go and do their own thing until. Uh... Wait, hold on. Aomer marries Imrahil's sis daughter. Daughter, I think. Yeah. And and Eowyn marries Faramir. Faramir yes. Yeah. And of course, their grandson is called Barahir because they just have no original thought. <laughs> um, it's, it's just unbelievable, isn't it? it yeah. yeah, obviously the family tree's kind of stopped nearer, the, nearer that end because there's not much to do. Um, but then I, I did have a question for you. Okay, because I have yeah. I have a question yeah. as well. But you can you can do your one first because mine is uh, typically me pulling my head out in rage. Yeah, my my question was 
would you have made a case if Aragorn doesn't have a claim to the throne of Gondor? Could you have made a case that the throne should have passed to Finarf and himself? Or heck, even Finway? Could I have made a case? Absolutely. But yeah. I can make a case for anything. Um, yeah. Is there a reasonable case to be made? As in, if we if we do assume that Elros's claim to stuff was legitimate. Let's assume, okay, so Elros is a legitimate king. And his nearest surviving no. direct relative, to, no, I think, would be... Actually, is he related to Finarfin? No, the the throne. Yes, he is. Yeah. The it, if Elros's throne of Numenor is legitimate, and the thrones of Gondor and Arnor, which are successor states to Numenor, are also legitimate, then and Aragorn has no claim, and there is no t- sort of claim in descent from Elros, then Elrond is king of Gondor. As Elrond's sure, brother. Sure, sure. So, but if you can make a case for Elrond, you can make a case. And this is this is why it's so fucked up, I don't right? Think in family can, trees I don't, where, I don't where think forefathers outlive you. I think you can. I think you can in this situation. Alive. Yeah, but what if Elrond says, I don't want it, give it to my, my next of kin, who is alive. Elrond that might here. very well be Finway. It's Elrond here. Yeah. Elrond's eldest son. No, but, but, so, but you're yeah. basing this on the way succession works in our world, where are the people who, you know... Bring us into this world and raise us. Die eventually. In this no, case, true. they don't because Finway's still there. <laughs> I know. I. But also, Finway's high king of the Noldor. He doesn't need some shitty metal hat for Gondor. He doesn't need it. You know, he should have the first refusal. No, I, and ultimately, I what will happen is is is, is Manway's herald will come along at one point and say, "You know what, guys? Fuck all this shit." Manway's decided to do something else. Manway is king of all under the sky. Uh, no, so my read of this is that it goes. We have, if we accept Aragorn's claim, it goes to Aragorn. If, is Aragorn has no cousins or anything like that. It's just a direct lineage. It's just a direct line all the way down from Isildur to Aragorn. Right, which is I have. A, why does no one have siblings? <laughs> That's a very, very good question. Why does that would have added too much diversity? <laughs> why did all of the chieftains of the Dúnedain only have a single son? That's insanity. Um, especially if you're living in the feckin' wilderness. I, th- I think that literally <laughs> is just to make the, the claim easy. You know, it is. It is. It absolutely is. Um, because can you imagine if, if this was some Game of Thrones esque you know stuff where there's bastards? Yeah, Game of, Game of Thrones well. is the same oh. problem. Game of Thrones is the same problem. The Stark so Stark family is meant to be nine thousand years old, and yet there is only the Starks and <laughs> the Car Starks, who we who we know are a cadet branch. But like, yeah. why doesn't Rob have a thousand cousins? Yeah, because the survival rate's so low. I imagine. <laughs> Uh, no, but I, okay, so to answer your question, I think... It's not a question. Uh, I'm actually going to assert this, that the true heir to the thrones of Gondor and Arnor should have been Finarfin. Okay, you're an idiot. That's not how, that's not how inheritance works anywhere. Yeah, because we don't have bloody immortal elves in our world, do we? It's not how inheritance works, even in Lord of the Rings. I think if 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 Finarfin rocked up 
and laid a claim to the kingship of Gondor. It'd well, be sure, but that's because he's just it. kill everyone. <laughs> well, there is that. He's, he's, it's a, just, it's just, he's, a, he's an, an elf who's got It's just weird, isn't it? It's, like, it's, it's effectively yeah. like someone's great-grandfather shows up and is like, you know what, why don't I become a king of this? No, I don't, I, don't, I don't dispute that it's weird, but if we assume... So the hiking hiking of the Noldor goes to the elf closest in descent, the male elf closest in lineal linear descent from Finway, right? Until Elrond doesn't take it. There is, if the thro- if the throne of Gondor were to pass in the same way, it would go to the man closest in linear descent from Elros, which is Elrohir, or is Elrond and then Elrohir. I just don't see it going up the chain. It doesn't make sense to me. Well, yeah, I can I can yeah. see why you're saying. It. I can see why you're saying it, but I, I, I guess I guess yeah, you'd have to remove Elrond and Elrond from the equation, and arguably Elrond. Yeah, but then I mean, then you are at Finarfin, so <laughs> then you're at Finarfin, yeah, because everyone else is dead. Um, yeah, Elrond and Elrond are really interesting characters as well. Just. Who knows what they get up to? They're just murdering orcs for a living. I, I mean, also good on Elrond to have three three kids. That's that's more than most. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I, I think Finarfin could just lay claim to the King's Gondor. Um, although, as you did accurately conclude last time, that uh, Eldarion is just the most amazing king. Yes. Possibly, so. Just there we have quickly, it. And I know we've, we've rambled on for a very long time. Two last things to to note firstly Círdan is Círdan the oldest elf still alive well no because that would be Ingwe wouldn't it is Círdan one of the firstborn I never remember I think think he is I I think he's descended from one of them we don't actually find him on this tree Uh, he's next to Melian ah so he is what's his supposed year of birth Year of the trees. He's born in the year of the tr- years of the trees, which yeah, is, I think C- Sindar. Sindar are really hard to track, aren't they? Yes, I think Thingol is also born in the years of the trees. I think Thingol, we have a sp- yeah. I mean, the firstborn are, are written down as that anyway. So yeah, they're all year of the trees. Ten fifty, I think, is what they've put down for them, which is just a random number. I think you're right. That's just been plucked out of nowhere. Clear done. Yeah. He, I don't I, know. I'd have to go and check that. I don't. I don't. I don't think he's one of the originals. Okay, but he's he's definitely not far removed from them. He he's, may not. Uh, he's, he's he might. Michelangelo might be older. You know. Well, he, well, it's, we know it's hard that, to know. We, 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 we know. No, he's not. He is older than Galadriel because he was part of the march. The march west. Because he was among those. Oh, because he stopped. Yeah, he stopped in, it, right. uh, searching for Thingol. No, right, so right he's at least that. that old. It was just an interesting. Right. I, I don't have a. I don't have a point. It's just he's certainly the oldest elf in Middle Earth. Well, actually, we don't know that either because there's probably Sindar left in random places. That's true. We don't like Legolas's family, Thranduil. No idea. Uh, they, How old it just stops at Orifer, who we know is a first age elf from Doriath, but they're all Sindar. Yeah. Um, the other one that's wild, and I don't know if you've found it yet because it's sort of hidden in its own little bit, but have you seen 
the family trees of the hobbits. <laughs> yeah, so I had a quick look at them, but their their names are just so ridiculous. Their names are ridiculous. They're also yeah, where are they? potentially like they, one, they have too many kids. Samwise Gamble and Rosie Cotton having fourteen children. Yeah, Sam. Sam was something. Sam. But but tell you about Sam. What I learned recently is that he actually made it to the West. Yeah, he goes to the West at the very end of his days, doesn't he? Yeah, mental. I just like it also that Sam changed his surname, so all his kids are called Gardner, even though he was like Samwise Gamgee. Yeah, so now that's, that's yeah. a shitty name. And his, I think there's relevant. I think it's it's a um, it's supposedly a, like a, a token of pride, almost of like or off because it's such a respected profession, right? Yeah. And so they they named him Gardner because he's such a badass, and he is. Samwise Gamgee is an absolute badass. Yeah, and he's also his his daughter marries Pippin's son. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's called Faramir. Because. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. I think the final, final thing is is just what I thought was humorous. Is when you see the. the well, I guess it's not much of a family tree, but you see the Valar there. You see the Maya. And then between the two, you just have Anomaly, Tom Bombadil, and Goldberry. <laughs> which I think is just. It's just so funny. Yes. Like, acknowledging no. that they exist, but no one knows why or who or what they are. <laughs> I wonder if there's enough material on Tom Bombadil to do an episode. Because I think he's really... More than enough, but... Uh, yeah, maybe we should consider one, actually. I think that that could be quite a fun one. Because I I'm, I think I'm, I'm almost one of the few people who doesn't absolutely hate Tom Bombadil. I don't know. I think Tom Bombadil is great. I think he's absolutely necessary to the story. Um, at least once, yes. At least once. <laughs> uh, but no, why don't you let us know if you'd be interested to hear an episode on Tom Bombadil. Give us a, give us a tweet. Absolutely. Um, and I think, as you said, we've rambled on for quite some time. Rambled on through the absolutely rambling family trees of the Tolkienarium. <laughs> but on that note, I think I just want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Expertise is Overrated. No doubt we've said some things that were either objectively wrong or downright offensive. As ever, feel free to let us know, rate the podcast, and leave us a comment or drop us an email at expertiseisoverrated at gmail.com. Tweet us at Zero Expertise. Check out our website, expertiseisoverrated.podbean.com, or come join us on our Discord server. If you're lucky, we might just argue with you in one of our upcoming episodes, and if you're really lucky, we might call you an idiot. Now, in our next episode, get excited. We have another hot take. This time, Vib asserts that he will be proving that Lara Wraith in the Dresden Files, (laughs) the vampire is a good person. Join us then for more absolute nonsense.